Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Dr. Fauci, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, I have not. You haven't? Oh my God. Well, we've, we've got some uh, post-pandemic viewing for you. But I was going to say, at the end of it, um, Frodo, the guy who you know travels Middle-earth to destroy the ring. It's good. He has this big reunion with all of his friends. He gets to see them all again. <laughs> and I was just wondering, for you... What is going to be your Frodo moment at the end of this whole thing? How are you going to celebrate being finished with this pandemic? You know, that's a really good question because this has been a really surrealistic year. Um, I haven't had a single day off in literally over 14 months, not a single. 14 months? Yeah, wow. yeah. But I think when this is all over, I'd just like to get together with my wife and my daughters, mm -hmm. who I haven't physically seen in the same room, two or three of them in over a year. Wow. Which is very uh, distressing, to say the least. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... My name is Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I'm the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health. He may not know much about Lord of the Rings, but he is the nation's leading infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, on rising infections, the push for more vaccinations, and when we can all expect this pandemic to be over. Right now, coronavirus cases are trending upwards. Our reporters here at Politico, who I've talked to, say we're on the verge of another surge, a fourth surge that threatens some of the progress we've made, sets us back in the race against the clock with vaccinations. What can and is being done right now to stop that major surge from happening? Well, there are two things that are going on that I believe and I have some confidence that if we do it correctly and appropriately and efficiently, that we can prevent the appearance of a true surge. You're absolutely correct that cases are ticking up. Like yesterday, it was over 60,000 cases in one day, which is an unacceptably high daily toll of cases. So the two things that we can do, first of all, the vaccine situation has been truly a remarkable success story. We have now about 50 million Americans who are fully vaccinated, uh -huh. about 100 million people in this country who have at least one vaccine, and we're putting in between three and four million vaccinations per day. Mm. So every day that goes by, we get the country better and better protected. So one is to continue to actually put your foot on the accelerator when it comes to vaccinations. But the other thing is to, as much as you understand the need for people because of varying degrees of COVID-19 fatigue to pull back on some of the public health measures, the wearing of masks, the physical separation, the avoiding congregate settings. You can understand why people would wanna just say, I have had enough of that, but we can't do that now. We, we can't declare victory prematurely. We must wait until we get the level of infection remarkably lower than it is right now before we start thinking in terms of pulling back on some of the public health measures. So those two things together, stick with what we're doing a bit longer, not indefinitely. Whenever I say that, people say, well, you just want us to be this way forever. No, no. 
it, we're going to get through this. And what's going to help us, if not get us there, actually, is going to be vaccines. But we've got to give ourselves time to get as many people vaccinated as we possibly can. And as I mentioned, we're going at a clip of three to four million per day. So every day that goes by, we get closer and closer to that goal. I want to talk about the second point you brought up there, that on top of vaccinations, we can't be lifting restrictions. You're saying right now that we shouldn't be stepping back on some of these public health measures. We've seen President Biden do that. We've heard him call on states not to lift restrictions. But at the end of the day, that is just telling people not to do things. And I'm wondering, like, is there more that you feel the federal government or the Biden administration could be doing here? Should you somehow be taking a harder line on this? You know, it's very, very difficult, given what we've been through, to, quote, take a harder line. I mean, you, you can mandate things, but we, we tend not to want to do that centrally. Uh, we want to see at the local level what's appropriate for any given state or city or location. I think we could just use, you know, the bully pulpit of the presidency, trying to convince by having public health figures like myself and Dr. Walensky and, and Dr. Murthy and others to be talking about why it's so important to continue to have a degree of public health measures while we're getting through this, I think, crossroads where we are right now. You know, when you look at the ticking up of cases, and you see the vaccines and how incredibly efficacious the vaccines are. I just gave a press conference with the medical team, and I was talking about the real-world effectiveness of the vaccines. They're extraordinary. Usually when you do a clinical trial, you get what's called efficacy, or in the pristine confines of a clinical trial, you get a certain, uh, uh, we call the word efficacy as opposed to effectiveness. Mm -hmm. It's about 90 95%. Usually when you get into the real world, that percent goes down. We're seeing the opposite. Hmm. It's looking even better in the real world when you follow people like healthcare providers and others. So we really have an incredibly powerful tool right now in our armamentarium. So we've got to give it a chance to be able to get a veil or a blanket of protection over the community that would make it very, very difficult for there to be a surge. So I think just trying over and over again to convince people of how important it is to hang in there just a bit longer. On the subject of vaccinations, we had some of our listeners and readers of Politico tell us what they're curious about. And one thing a lot of people really want to know is how effective vaccines are at preventing the spread of coronavirus, not just getting symptoms or getting hospitalized, but spreading the virus. What do we know about that? At this point, that's a good question. We know a fair amount about it. And the more time that goes by and the more studies we do, we learn more and more about it. So let me tell you what we know. We do know that if you look at a vaccinated person and compare them to an unvaccinated person, the incidence of asymptomatic infection is much, much, much lower in the vaccinated person. So not only does it prevent you from getting clinically recognizable disease, it prevents you to a great degree from getting subclinical asymptomatic disease. Mm -hmm. Point number two, even when you do have a breakthrough infection, namely you're vaccinated, you get infected, but you don't have any symptoms, the level of virus that's in your nasopharynx is remarkably lower than a person who is not vaccinated 
and gets an asymptomatic infection. Hmm. And then finally, we're doing a study now in college campuses, about 20 of them throughout the country, where we're looking at the effect of vaccination, not only on preventing infection, but on preventing spread. So you're directly looking at whether or not it prevents spread. And you do that by following 25,000 close contacts of the people in the in the dormitories. So you'll know not only does it work in protecting them, but it does it prevent them when they do get infected from, pre- from passing it on to someone else. So we're going to have the definitive answer to your question within the next few months. But every bit of data that we're accumulating right now strongly suggests that it's going to be very difficult to transmit the infection if you've been vaccinated. I'm curious, given what we do know, if you had to predict right now, would you say vaccinations are going to be a one and done thing? Or do you think that boosters or yearly shots like we have for the flu are going to be something we're looking at? You know, I have to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know the answer to that because we don't know the long-term durability of the protective effect. We know now from follow-up studies that the Pfizer and the Moderna product, that the protection lasts at least six months, likely eight months and longer. But we don't know how much longer because we've only been doing this for less than a year. So I would hope it's going to be longer than a year, maybe two or three. But if it isn't, then we have to leave on the table the possibility that we might have to come back and give people boosters intermittently. As more and more people do get vaccinated, do you think vaccine passports are going to be necessary to safely get things closer to normal, not just for flights, but for things like concerts or schools or going to the gym? And do you think the federal government should be playing an active role in coordinating something like that? I doubt that the federal government will be the main mover of a vaccine passport concept. Hmm. They may be involved in making sure things are done fairly and equitably, but I doubt if the federal government is going to be the leading element of that. Well, if not the government, then whose responsibility is it to do something like that? Well, that's the point. I do believe that there will be individual entities that will do that. There may be theaters that say you don't get in unless you have proof of vaccination. There may be colleges or other educational institutions that do that. I'm not saying they should or that they would, but I'm saying you could foresee how an independent entity might say, well, we can't be dealing with you unless we know you're vaccinated, but it's not going to be mandated from the federal government. Hmm. We've talked on this show before about how right now, when it comes to vaccines, the problem is that we don't have enough of them. But eventually we're going to get to a point where the problem we have is reversed, where we have a whole bunch of vaccines and not enough people who want to take them due to vaccine hesitancy. When do you think we're going to get to that point? And how much does the prospect of that scare you? The president has said, and it's uh, I feel it's it's absolutely going to be achievable that by the time we get to the end of May, we'll have enough vaccine to vaccinate everybody in the country, which then means you've shifted. Now it's not a supply issue. It's a demand issue. So we feel right now we've already close to four million vaccinations per day. If we can keep that up and even get better than that, we will likely be very, very efficient in getting people vaccinated. With regard to vaccine 
hesitancy, we initiated what's called the COVID-19 Community Core, which is a group of trusted people in the community, trusted messengers that are now going to be plugged into a system where they're going to get in real time information for the, from the CDC to be able to disseminate in the community of why people can get vaccinated, how they can, what's the easiest way to do it. In other words, to really make it easy for people to get vaccinated. And they were started off with 275 components of that. And that is sports figures, uh, entertainment figures. And it's extraordinary right now, the enthusiasm we're seeing of people wanting to be part of this solution of getting people vaccinated as quickly as you possibly can. Any uh, public figures who you're personally super excited about who who are wanting to get involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> I think there are a lot of sports figures. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of them, but okay. there are a lot of people and entertainers <laughs> who are going to be doing that. Before I let you go, if you had to put a date right now on when I can safely do something extremely normal, like go to a movie theater with no mask, with a bunch of people around me. If you had to pick a date, when is that? I think if we get everything done the way we're talking about over the last several minutes, I think it's going to be late fall, early winter that we'll be able to do that. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on with you. Also today... The Derek Chauvin trial is entering its second week in Minneapolis. The former Minneapolis police officer is charged with murder and manslaughter in the May 2020 killing of George Floyd. Last week, witnesses testified about Floyd's death, with one saying he saw Floyd, quote, slowly fade away. Other witnesses recounted begging Chauvin to stop kneeling on Floyd's neck and trying to intervene as the officer gave the crowd a, quote, cold and heartless stare. And on Friday, the most senior officer with the Minneapolis Police Department testified that Chauvin's actions were, quote, totally unnecessary. And the back and forth between Republicans and Democratic allies of President Biden is on after the White House unveiled its $2 trillion plan to upgrade the country's infrastructure last week. Critics on the right are slamming the package over its price tag, with Republican Senator Roger Wicker telling Meet the Press over the weekend while he supports infrastructure improvement, quote, I don't want to do it by raising taxes and cutting jobs for Americans. And Roy Blunt, another Republican in the Senate, saying on Fox this weekend that the president could score a, quote, easy win on infrastructure if he cut out what he says are not infrastructure-related proposals. Meantime, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is defending the package, telling NBC on Sunday that the plan would pay for itself and that, quote, now's our chance to make infrastructure choices for the future. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, you can do that by leaving a rating and review in your favorite podcast app and by telling a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening. Have you seen the Fauci ouchie hashtag people are using, posting pictures of, of their shots with their Fauci ouchies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think of that? <laughs> well, anything that could encourage people to get vaccinated is fine with me. If you want to use my name, go for it. <laughs> but, but just get vaccinated.